0: The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Starnes Media Group or KWAM.
1: Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.
2: Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Jim Shoemaker. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, as I always say, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, today we are going to really dive into some of the questions that you have consistently asked us throughout 2021. And it's been about things like, how do I plan uh, to develop a long-term type of investment program? The media rides me up and down. It goes, should I have done this? Should I have done that? So I have with me Scott Jordan, and we're going to walk through some principles of long-term investing. Long-term. Term. Write that down. That's important. It's uh, critical to understand that if you're going to be an investor, it's better to think from a perspective of being a long-term investor. But the second part of the program, we're going to talk about managing the managers. Managing the managers is really one of the most difficult things you do because managers change, philosophies change, they get sometimes caught up in what the media is also saying to them. So we've got to have some criteria. We're going to give you some specific criteria about finding out how to manage the managers. You can find the show, as I always say, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, leave us a review. We would appreciate it. Scott, welcome to the program, sir. Great to be here, Jim. You know, Scott, we get a lot of questions about just just the fundamentals of investing, and when we talk about that, it's kind of one of those situations where people, you know, they want to start, they want to, they want to invest, they, they fear the thought of investing because either they have started and stopped, or they started and lost money, and we know of people that just literally, emotionally, couldn't get back into it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it
3: can be very challenging, and we all we've all heard stories of bad experiences, and we've all had bad experiences ourselves when it comes to investing, and that can be a detriment to getting back in the game and 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 building that wealth that you might need for the future.
2: You know, and what so many people have said in the last couple of years: "Oh, I wish I I wish I could have uh, I should have you know, wish I coulda have, woulda have, all those things like that." Because the market, and now we're into this mindset, well, the market's going up. It's continually moving. It's continually positive. I mean, we read, we read data all the time. And one of the things that I think it's, a, you know, the all-time closing high. This is from a company we do some business with, BTN Research. All-time closing high for the S&P 500 of 47.12 was set on December the 10th of this year. Wow. Well, that's a big number, all-time high. Now, the thought about it, I mean, I, that's almost at 5000 I can remember when we were talking about 5000 being an all-time high years and years ago. Now, the idea of the high net, though, is the S&P 500 has set a closing high for the calendar year during December, literally 13 of the last 19 years, and everybody reads that. Everybody hears that, and so they get this desire to say, okay, it's time to get in. Right. Too late. Right
3: right after, you know, uh, <laughs> right after the big uptrend in the market. It's, exactly. Hey, it's time to jump in. Well, that's when it's the most comfortable to get in. You're you're looking back and, you know, as you were reading that, I was thinking, boy, let's you know, you use the word long term as you came on the radio. And I think that's a key term to use investing. But let's let's talk about short term for a minute. Let's let's back up about 18 months. Now, You just said <laughs> the market hit a lot, a all time high in December. Now, would anybody have predicted that 18 months ago? We were in the depths of a recession and a presidential election. Very, very uh, uncertain times. And and that's when it's hardest to get into the market right that's when it can be the most challenging but looking back now it's always easy to look back but looking back that would have been an opportune time to get into the market. So
2: we always talk about when if you were told that tomorrow the grocery store was going to offer a twenty percent <laughs> discount on everything in the store, right. you and I couldn't get in. Yeah. We probably exactly. would say, forget exactly. it. I'm not going. Look at the crowd out there. But the problem is when the market goes on sale for twenty percent, <gasps> people we don't run. People run for the hills right. and then and then when it's, you know, priced at its maximum <laughs> it's that's when people are ready to, hey, pile ready in, to buy. Right? And that's it. Just and that's, doesn't, Doesn't make sense, but we do that because our emotions, our human nature does that. So let's talk about, let's just start with the idea when we talk about principles of investing. I think people have to come to grips with what is the importance of investing.
3: Well, I think first of all, you know, and this is key and I think this is a step that's often overlooked is you really have to sit down and think about why you're investing in the first place. I mean, a, a good use of investment dollars is we're investing money to build wealth for our future cash flow needs. Now, that can be for several reasons that we need cash in the future, whether that's, uh, you know, financial independence or retirement. Uh, maybe there's a family need. I need to educate a child or possibly take care of an aging parent. Uh, Maybe it's just lifestyle desires. I want to own a a second home down on the coast or a lake house uh, or pay down debt or or I have charitable aspirations that I want to save for. These are all the, the why of, okay, why are we putting this money back in the first place? And that's important and critical to get straight because, again, when you figure out the why, that's quantifiable. We can put some numbers around that and we can build investments that have a history of producing the kind of returns we need to hit those objectives. You
2: mentioned whether it be a lake house or something or college education or just pay down debt. But so what about time horizons? Does that fall into this? I mean, the idea behind this is something I want to do in six months or this is something I want to do in (laughs) 10 years.
3: I'm kind of chuckling a little bit because you and I both know we get approached all the time, especially when the market is doing well, by people who have a little money sitting on the sidelines. They're not earning anything in their bank account, which is a reality in this day and age. And it's like yeah, I need this money maybe next year, but
2: can we go ahead and invest
3: it and grow it a little bit? <laughs> I want to
2: get better than one and a half percent or one percent. <laughs> right but the right. risk they don't think about it. they the don't risk.
3: think about it and time time horizon is critical. I mean that, you know, when you're talking about those future cash flow needs, we're talking, about, okay, when do we need those cash flows? because that is a determinant of how we're going to invest that money. That's a that's a big deciding factor because again, you and I, we just talked about the market hit an all time high and we look at market averages of, you know, whatever whatever source you look at, maybe it's ten percent a year for the last twenty years. That that does not come every year, year in and year out. You and I both know that there's volatility in the market, so we have to know what money's for the long term, and what we can put at a little more risk to get those types of returns, and what are those cash flows that we need on a shorter time horizon, and how do we allocate those? It's, it's a deciding we fact. We tell
2: people all the time past performance is not an indication of future performance. Absolutely. And it's that sounds so tongue-in-cheek, that right. you know, like it's a, but it's the fact. So it is the fact. When we talk about time horizon, I try to tell it to everybody, zero to two years, short term. Short term, very short term. If you're going to have it, you need it in six months, as we said, zero to two years. That literally takes it somewhat the risk off the table.
3: It does, and as you know, risk-off investments right now aren't paying a whole aren't lot. We're at a we're at a time period where the ten-year treasury now that wouldn't qualify as short-term. Right, that's a ten-year treasury is paying one and a half. Yeah. So, you know, you get down in the two-year one-year, you're you're at a half a percent or something. So you're not getting a lot of return on that, but. You have to know that, you know, if I need the money in that shorter time period, I can't put it at a lot of risk.
2: We had a church that wanted us to do some investing. Some They had sold some property. And, mm-hmm. and literally, as we listened to them, it, you know, we kept backing the risk down right. until, they, until they realized, that, you know, just go put it yeah. into the bank. And then they you know, they finally opened up and said, we'll take a little more risk. And they looked at that risk from being three to five years, right. somewhere in that right. midterm term Three to seven years. That somewhere. opens up some yeah, more, opens options, a lot more options.
3: But but still a, a fairly short time period. risk uh, but, may be but there, that, yeah. but
2: not as much.
3: We can add a little more risk. And that, that can be a, a scary word to some people, but that you know there's no shortcutting the process. The way to get higher returns is to put your assets at a little more risk. But it's also about understanding that risk, understanding the risk you're taking, and taking the proper measures to try to mitigate that risk as That's much That's so,
2: possible. so critical. Then after you get past the seven-year period, it's long-term, anything yep. longer than seven, eight, nine, ten years, yep. long-term, risk then yep. allows that volatility to take place. And that just says, okay, there's going to be the ups and there's going to be the downs. Going to happen. long terms going to take care of that.
3: Plan for it plan it's right. going to happen absolutely so and that, and that's a good point Jim cuz so many people get caught up in that short-term volatility again we're we're separating this money into buckets of short-term, mid-term, long-term and that long-term bucket is going to be exposed to more risk but you don't need that you don't need those cash flows till down the road so the short-term gyrations in the market shouldn't bother you as much now it's hard not to let that bother oh. but
2: Emotions. Right. Emotions. Right. Absolutely. Well, speaking of emotions, one of the things we're hearing a lot about is inflation. When we come back, when we talk about principles of investing, knowing and understanding something of the effect of what happens with inflation, I think that's critical for us. What do we do with it? And that's the subject I want us to dive in, helping everybody understand, is inflation as bad or mm, good? That's a big deal. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
1: This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM, the Mighty 990. FM 107.9 and AM 990. I understand the tower is down on the FM station. But you can, of course, listen to us on the live stream, and you know to do that. Now, we have a copy of a PDF or a PDF that we want to provide for you. It's called Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing. It's kind of something about what Scott's talking about, how we're going through this. But it's it's a written document, Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing. Go to Shoemaker Financial Facebook page. Search for the document in our post. It's absolutely free. I mean, it will help you understand and just by reading it over a couple of times maybe you will begin to learn and understand some of these things when we call principles of long term investing. Scott before the break we talked about the big topic that a lot of people are very concerned about which i think is legitimate but how does how do we manage a portfolio if invest if investing in something that seems to be so I hate to say this, but we, when, we, when we talk about inflation, it's the subject and it's can I avoid it? And the answer is no, you can't. But what do you do with your portfolio? Well,
3: I think, you know, we are finally, you know, you and I both know that we've been in a pretty low inflation environment for the last decade, and we really, ha- it hasn't been as much of a problem recently, but uh, you you might be old enough to remember. We won't we won't go into how old that is, but you, you may be old you enough know, to remember. You know, we
2: got to stop, you know, Claire, somehow <laughs> this is, we got to edit some of these comments about age for some reason. I mean, somehow, okay.
3: No, but in all seriousness, you remember the inflation of Absolutely. the 70s and early 80s, and, and and we are seeing numbers recently that that rival some of those early eighty numbers. We're we're looking at an year-over-year inflation number that might clock in around six point eight percent. And we really just haven't had to deal with that that recently, but. When we're designing a portfolio, we're gonna keep that into consideration because the long term inflation rate has averaged, now this is long term has averaged around three percent. Again, we haven't seen that recently, but that's a long term number. And when you're when you're making plans for those future cash flow needs, you have to take that inflation number into consideration because it's gonna take more money to buy those same goods and services. 20 years from now than it does today that's just a common fact i mean even even low inflation like 3% can erode almost half of the purchasing power of money over 20 years that's so, amazing to think amazing. about that
2: 20 so, years and literally almost half of it so i think people have to understand their investment strategy should keep you know be aware of this creeping influence of rising prices and they need to be looking at that as putting money to work absolutely and not hiding it in the back. Absolutely. I mean, we say this all the
3: time in an inflationary economy, you almost have to have exposure to risk assets in order to meet your goals in the future. You're going to need that growth to outpace that inflation.
2: Always very, very important. Let me sometimes we we and we'll talk about this later with more about the emotions when you get specifically into some of the principles of long term investing. But I know people have to understand and have to be aware and be sensitive, sometimes there's going to be frequent, not sometimes, I guess there are frequent ups and downs in the market.
3: Absolutely. And that can be a deterrent for people who, especially if you really don't understand how the market works, that can be a deterrent for wanting to jump into the market because it you, you can go ahead and expect that there are going to be times of disappointment and discomfort. You're going to have periods where you're looking at your portfolio and you don't feel like you're making enough because you're you're thinking everybody's doing better you're going to have periods when the market's going through its volatility and and down and you're going to have disappointment times then you have to prepare yourself that that's part of now you know we were looking at some numbers earlier that are pretty amazing that over the last 70 years the the stocks have risen 1,100 fold so Let me put that in numbers for you. That's a a thousand dollar investment made in 1940 would be worth over a million dollars today. Mm. Now that's pretty amazing. That's amazing. Now that's a long compounding time. And past performance
2: is not an indicator. And past
3: performance. (laughs) Yeah, let's let's say that one more time. We don't know the future, but you know, looking back, and you kind of have to think about all that's gone on during that 70 years. You know, you had. You know, World War II, you had the Cuban Missile Crisis, you had the oil embargo of the 70s and hyperinflation, and the market has survived all that and to continue to grow. Now, there have been short term discomfort during all that, but you know, the, the patient investor gets rewarded.
2: Patient investor gets rewarded, and uh, managing your emotions is just as important Absolutely. as managing your assets. We're Probably even about, more important. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to talk about managing the managers in a few minutes, but principles, let's just go through these. In the remaining time, we've got some very basic principles of investing. That's critical. Start with what you consider to be the most important.
3: Well, I think it's just getting started. I mean, that's an obvious first step is to get started. You know, if you have the ability to take advantage of a a retirement plan at work, like a 401k plan, especially if there's a matching contribution involved with that, get started, get going, get investing, uh you know just that that is a forced discipline that you know every time you get paid money's going into your long-term investment account and that helps you take advantage of something we talk about a lot dollar cost averaging and that's just continually on a regular basis putting money in the market again when the market's down you're buying more shares at a lower cost and over time that can lower your average cost of shares so it's important to a make the choice get started if you don't have a retirement plan at work you can still get started investing and know that you're going to need money in the future and you need to start planning.
2: For you know, that. Scott, I think when we talk about getting started, it may be getting restarted. I mean, it can be. Because so many it people... Can be. Just think about this from the volatility and the emotions. Day after Thanksgiving, we see the market just go crazy. Yeah, And yet, December the 10th, we're at an all-time, at an all-time high. high. That's the way the market works. And yet we allow this emotional upheaval goes on, right. the media. And so whether you're just now getting started, 25, 30, 35, or you need to restart. Right. And you and I have counseled many people that had to get back restarted after our last crisis and after some of the, you know, t- turning, t- Absolutely. turns we've seen. What's the
3: old saying, the best time to plant an oak tree is 25 years to go <laughs> or today? I mean, that that is so true. You know, it's... Sure, you can you can look back and go, man, I wish I'd have started when I was 25. But wherever you are in in the process, get going, get started, and stay disciplined.
2: What's another one of those things? I know you talk about taking appropriate—that's a key word—risk.
3: Appropriate risk,
2: yeah. I mean that
3: kind of that drives that you know p- the point home about the emotional. What is what is your tolerance for that volatility? You have to really think about that if you're going to be a long-term investor, because we've just talked about this, and I don't want to rehash it over and over but you're gonna go through ups and downs the average intra-year drop in the S&P 500 is 14 percent that's the average intra-year drop now in a lot of those years it's positive by the end of the year we saw that last year we saw it drop 34 percent and end up positive by the end of the year so it's understanding that that's part of it understanding your emotions and your tolerance because the worst thing you can do is start a long-term plan start experiencing some of that volatility and sell out at a low point in the market because you can't handle that risk your tolerance for that risk is not high enough to handle it so it's it's developing that plan that has the appropriate amount of risk to a help you hit your goals because you're gonna have like i said we're, we're gonna have inflation we have long-term goals we need enough risk to give us the type of returns we need to hit those goals but not too much that we abandon the plan during times of stress. You know,
2: and I, I think I used to call that the shave factor. <laughs> the shave
3: factor. I like that. <laughs> can
2: can you shave and hear what's going on in the market <laughs> at the same time and that's, not cut yourself? That's
3: that's good. That's good. And listen, the media is going to be hammered. At, oh, absolutely. So you got to be prepared for that. you got
2: to be prepared for it. you got to understand that. Now, you talked about making regular contributions, staying focused. That's the dollar cost averaging thing. Let's talk about when you say a basic understanding of investing. We just got about two minutes. What do you say to someone when you say the basic understanding of just? business that you're investing in and and what you plan to do
3: yes and, and and you don't have to be an expert now if you if you like this sort of stuff sure you can dive into it but you need to understand first of all the why let's go back to that why you need to understand why you're doing it why your portfolio is designed the way it is and understand the volatility and the risk that that portfolio is going to go through now i don't think you have to be an expert in all the all the businesses that you're invested in we're going to talk about that in a little while you can you can hire people that'll be an expert in those businesses for you but you do need to understand your plans so that when those stressful times come you know that you have a discipline process you know that you've done everything you can to prepare for those times and keep that long-term perspective. Um, you know, we talk about it. that's easier said than done. But that's that's really the key to investing is keeping that long-term investing. A long-term long-term investing.
2: Do your homework. Alleviate as much confusion of what you're investing in. But then you talk about, and we just got about in a minute, the, detaching yourself from the emotional and the behavioral inclinations. Those things yep. that are challenges to us. You said, you've said this before, put everything into context, the why. Yeah. What are you doing? Then, you know, we talk a lot about this, rely on the guidance of our professional. We do a whole lot of hand-holding during the emotional side. You you and
3: I have been through a lot of these ups and downs. We don't get rattled by them. We know that's part of the investment process. I think it's important to align yourself with a guide that you can trust to help guide you through those tough times.
2: What else would you say are those those things when you say detaching yourself – putting things into context, what are you looking for?
3: I think it's just being able to avoid the noise and, and the, the short-term mindset that this culture can lead you to, to, to stay focused on that long-term perspective.
2: So, so critical, finding a financial professional. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some of the research that you need to do or have someone to do it for you. What is the criteria that you need to be looking for? Very important, Scott Jordan is my guest. We're talking about literally seven principles or principles for investing, and we'll be talking about managing the manager when we come back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
1: Financial professionals do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific situation.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. By the way, if you're looking for that PDF, just simply the one I mentioned earlier, Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing, go to Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing. Go to our Shoemaker Financial Facebook page, search for the document. It's in our post. It's absolutely free. I think it's one of the better pieces, and I think it's a great piece for educating you if you're Going to restart your investment program, or maybe it's your, you're just at the first phase of starting an investment program. Scott's done a great job. But Scott, we want to turn the page because so many people talk about this need for, you know, I need a professional. Well, they want to make investments. They know that sometimes mutual funds or ETFs or something like that, it may be what they want to use. Bottom line is, How do we go about selecting, this is the question, a mutual fund manager? Because you can say, well, this name, but somebody underneath the name is actually doing the day-to-day of pulling the stops and pushing the plugs and everything to make the investments. How do we go about that?
3: There's a lot of research that goes into that, Jim. You know, first of all, we're looking at, you know, going back to, we talked about, we need to have access to risk assets. We need to understand our risk tolerance. And then we kind of follow the principles of asset allocation diversification we rebalance our portfolio over time and asset allocation that's a fancy word really for how much we'll have in stocks how much we we'll to have in bonds and how much we'll have in cash because again stocks potentially better long-term returns but more volatility bonds a little less and so on so we have we try to get that mix right but then we're looking for okay Who's going to manage those individual sleeves? Because we want to diversify, right? We want to have access to, to large companies, small companies, diversify by time period, by style. Are they a growth-focused manager? Now, you're talking about, when you
2: mention that, you're talking about multiple funds. Multiple funds. To put into the portfolio. Funds. So when you're talking about the manager, the guy that's actually, they're not just picking investments and, you know, put taking cash and, moving it around well, we certainly hope not well they do a lot more <laughs> research and things right, like that right so and you're looking when you're talking about what you're doing you're taking that fund manager right talking with the client working with the portfolio using multiple fund managers
3: absolutely and we're looking for you know we're we're diving deep into those managers and looking for a lot of uh, objective criteria like you know we're looking at things like returns uh also looking at risk adjusted returns you know what are you know are They, you know, we use terms like sharp ratio, you know, what is their return per unit of risk? And that that gets kind of technical, but... We're diving into these managers that we're selecting for the, the pieces in the portfolio and looking at all this criteria. You know, what is their composition? Because, again, we want them as in a particular place in the portfolio. What are they buying? What companies are they investing in? And, and what is their composition? Or are they sticking with that over the long term? You know,
2: time? one of the biggest issues we see a lot of times, people will come in and say, well, I'm diversified. They have Ten funds, I yeah. say, and you dive in a little deeper when you talk right. about composition, right? And they're all buying the same <laughs> stocks.
3: They all have the same company, you know, you and know so not—they're
2: yeah. not diverse. Now, that's that can happen accidentally sure. because yeah, you, can, you know, you can look at the S and P 500 last year, and you saw into some stocks seem to be doing better than the others of the right. 500 stocks that were in the S and P. But the reality is. We're talking about managing a manager is to make sure he fits in a particular portfolio, right. not just buying whatever he wants to buy.
3: Again, because the diversification is about managing risk, right? We're trying to get a higher return per unit of risk that we're taking, and so we want to spread that money out. You know, Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We hear that all the time. We want to spread that out across different managers and, and make sure that we are properly diversified.
2: One of the things that I know that the investment committee at the office does, and we do, we talk a lot about when managing, is the experience of the manager. Sure. And where did they get the experience? Why is that so important?
3: Well, because, you know, you want a manager that's been doing this a while. Anybody can have a a good short-term track record, and they can even get lucky and do that. But we look at how long a manager's been doing what they're doing. We sit down and talk with these managers on a regular basis. We're looking at experience. We want to hear... Not only how long have they been doing that, but how you know, what have they been doing in that experience? Where did they get that experience? Uh, we talk about things all the time like how much of their own money do they have invested in the fund that that is one of those criteria that we have noticed makes a difference so if a manager has a large chunk of their personal investments invested in the fund too they tend to be more diligent and do a better job of managing that money overall
2: I know one of the things that we look at and you we talk about this and nobody seems to think it's important until it's a crisis and that is do they have a succession plan in place
3: oh that is critical and that
2: you said that almost like oh that critical, like, oh, Jim, that's, but people don't think about that.
3: Well, when you're using a manager that has a long-term strategy in place, it can take time for that strategy to play out. And it's important to know, okay, let's say something happens, whatever reason, and that manager doesn't show up for work that day. He's either decided to take another job or something bad has happened or whatever, but they're not there. What's the plan in the event that happens? Because we don't want a a major shakeup. Because, again, we're talking about long-term investments here. We hope to own this fund for 20 years or more. Now, uh, you, know, you want to know that that strategy is going to be carried on by people who understand that strategy if something happens to the manager. A lot of funds are managed by teams. We like that approach. But there are... Great managers out there that we use, and we want to make sure that they're building a succession plan in the event something happens. That is
2: so critical. If you just tuned in, my guest is Scott Jordan. We're talking about managing the managers and how important that is. Whether it's the reality of a takeover plan, if something happens, you can be. Believe me, a lot of people begin to jockey for positions. So, is there a true strategy? for the transition if something were to happen, a realistic succession plan. And then a, where's the experience? You want to find all these things out. Again, I want to remind you, we have a PDF that's available for you. If you would like to pick up that PDF, just simply go to the Facebook page, Shoemaker Financial Facebook page. It's called Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing. Just, it's absolutely free. To find our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, we'd love for you to do that. Simply search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to our podcast leave us a you know a review we appreciate that but uh scott when we this is so hard for so many people managing managers is 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 it never ends because That's they're true. constantly we have to watch to make sure that they've got a recognizable strategy and they're sticking to it. They're not just going out crazy, chasing sometimes a return.
3: You know, that became a reality last year during the pandemic and the downturn. We were able to, because they weren't traveling as much and we weren't traveling as much, we spent a lot of time with our managers and we really got to see how they were uh, reacting in stressful times and whether they were sticking with their strategy or abandoning their strategy, kind of making knee-jerk moves. But it was a very interesting time to get to really sit down and talk to the managers. And, you know, it can be time-consuming. It, it, it takes time to sit down with these managers and understand and know what you're looking for in a good portfolio manager.
2: You mentioned earlier when we were talking about investing, having the ability to dive in and get some some education on what you're investing in. One of the things we're most impressed with and what we look at is some of the criteria is how much the manager... Is doing that and we have a couple of managers that really do a very good job of really knowing that particular company they're investing in. I think our listeners need to hear that and understand. And
3: that. I think that's important that's where a good analyst team and a good bench of analysts can help as well but you, you know you're buying when you're buying a fund what well, if it's a stock fund you're buying ownership in individual companies if it's a bond fund you're buying the debt of those companies and you really need somebody that is going out talking to these management teams spending the time doing that what we call bottom-up research looking at it company by company and and make sure they like what they say i love to hear the stories of the managers and how they go out and visit the companies um, we have several funds that have operations over in china and internationally where they're going out and that is critical i mean you want somebody who not only understands the business but they're able to go out and talk to the management teams of the business so they understand the business strategy of those individual stocks that are that make up that portfolio And over the long term, we've just seen that that can add a lot of value to your investment success.
2: And they'd spend an enormous amount of time to find out the personalities of of the companies, of the leadership. That they're investing in. Something oh, sure. a small investor has no ability whatsoever. No
3: ability or time. And you know, sometimes they even get seats on the board, but a lot of times these analysts they understand the company sometimes better than the management teams, especially if there's been a change in management. They'll actually reach out to some of these analysts to get perspective of long term history of the company and things. So these guys really dig in there and know their business. And know well. their
2: business. And that's something just it's almost impossible. One of the criteria that we've talked about before, and I want you to mention, is style drift. And, And we use that as a criteria to really look at what's going on inside the management team
3: again cuz each each manager inside of a portfolio of several different funds has their space and and when they if if they start drifting in let's say we've hired them cuz we want them to buy large US companies and all of a sudden we're digging in there and we're seeing that they're not buying large US companies you know, they're bad buy, they're buying mid-sized international companies and start well we already have a manager in the portfolio that's doing that so we have to monitor A, are they sticking with what we hired them to do or are they drifting in their style and moving into an area that we really aren't comfortable with their moving in? Because, again, we want them to be experts in what they do, and it's hard to be an expert in everything.
2: We have about 50 seconds. Alpha. Everybody talks about alpha. <laughs> that say, word, that mysterious word. That big word. mystique word, yeah. alpha, and the reality that it is a criteria, what is
3: it? It is. It's, it's a basically, in in simple term, alpha is that extra return that a manager is getting above the benchmark return. So it takes into factor risk, too. It's not like they can just get extra return by taking more risk. But it's just basically a measurement of how well that manager is doing in running their investment strategy. It's how much return they're getting over a benchmark.
2: Wow, great job. Managing the managers. You want to listen to this, just go to the podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe to the podcast. We'd like you to do that. Leave a review. We'd appreciate it. Coming up, when we come back, I have we're going to totally change this program. We're going to talk with two lovely ladies, Jill Dyson and Ruth Abigail Smith, they are founder and president, executive director and co-founder of Angel Street Memphis. They're a frequent guest of ours. They have got some great information for you if you want to know more about ministry in Memphis. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money.
1: Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Jill Dyson, Ruth Abigail Smith, or Angel Street Memphis. The views and opinions expressed are those of Jill Dyson and Ruth Abigail Smith only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial.
2: Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. This is KWAM, the mighty 990. And um, I am privileged to have two absolutely lovely people here. They are the leaders, the Jill Dyson, Executive Director and founder, and Ruth Abigail Smith, Executive Director and co-founder, of Angel Street, Memphis. If you have not heard about or know anything about Angel Street, you're about to get an ear full because these ladies are committed. They're exciting. They've got wonderful smiles. They dress up the studio. Scott, sorry, partner. You know, you and I just were alone for the ride. If it's true, it's just true. It's just true. It's nothing you can do about it. That's right. right. (laughs) All right. I'm going to start with you, Jill. And, um, you know, let's talk about just literally what if if you had if if you were and I just met for the first time, what would you tell me about Angel Street, Memphis?
4: Well, I would tell you that we are a music program for girls um, in areas with limited access to the arts, and we mentor using music as our vehicle um, to engage youth um, in North Memphis specifically, where we have been situated for nine years now. And that's what we do.
2: Ruth Abigail, when I talk it, when she says "limited access," that is that shocks me. I mean, I'm thinking "limited access," and I know what that means, but I'm not thinking thinking that the, the literally that our listeners don't know what that means when we say "limited access." Explain that.
0: Yeah, so um, there are some areas of our city that just don't have the access to certain things. Period. Um, that a lot of other places do, and so we want to be able to find those places and make things accessible that are uh, beneficial to young people and their their uh, their lives, their growth, their maturity, um, and and really help them. But it's not something you have to reach for; it's something you can get out your back door. And so, music is one of those major things, particularly looking at our at, at where the education system is um, over the last twenty years or so. The arts have been kind of taken out of the schools some type of uh, uh, being brought back in gradually but there's still a lack um there specifically and then specifically for young ladies that focus of of young ladies and the arts is not as prevalent in particular areas
2: and it's because they're not um, encouraged in that area is it because they're I mean when you say not focused I mean I can understand that mm-hmm. because there's so sports is really yeah. kind of taken over and that's I right. and, and I you know I'm not knocking sports. I'm saying that's great but some people are just not made to be sports Correct. people. They're they are they're more artsy. They're That's more right. gifted in that area.
4: Yes, um, I can speak for myself. I was a product of the arts growing up, and that was my outlet for creativity and for you know, um, honing in on my craft and building confidence in who I was. So we, we value that as an artistic staff, um, as all being, both mentored by um, healthy adults in our lives, but also having access to the arts that created our
2: You Um, said it, confidence. I want to mm -hmm. read the identity purpose of Angel Street. Listen, folks, this is critical. Listen to what I'm about to say. We seek to empower young women to understand their value, comma, Mm -hmm. discover their purpose and become creative leaders. That's right. I can't say it any better. I could stop the program. <laughs> <laughs> Mic Done. drop. Done. No, you know, this is serious stuff, yeah, guys. I mean, because we have a tendency to kind of push away and focus. And this is a group of people that literally got lost in the corner someplace mm-hmm. nine years ago. Angel Street came out of your heart, mm-hmm. a desire, a need. And I think, I mean, Jill, this is critical. I mean, tell us really nine years ago what have you seen the impact has been in the areas you work in the city well we've seen it in
4: many ways we've seen leadership um, and a lot of our participants who've graduated but i think you started with the fundamental piece which is so important that a lot of us take for granted is just really investing their understanding of their value and their worth as children of god as women in um, today's world um, as leaders Uh, being female leaders, so we are really, we start there and we really try to cultivate an understanding Of who they are and that's the centerpiece
2: well I think you know the the, I tell my girls and we told them while we were kids they're they're you know created they're fearfully Mm -hmm. and wonderfully made Mm -hmm. and you know when you don't hear that a lot Mm -hmm. you can the world can tell you everything (laughs) but that absolutely I I just recently was my wife was in talking with a 60 year old lady that was anything but that and Mm -hmm. she was struggling with things of her past Mm -hmm. And you think about it and this take a young girl mm. and they get into that situation. And that's a, so, so difficult. Ruth oh. Abigail, I got to ask you the question. Has the way that you relate to these young people today changed as a result of this COVID, you know, COVID, <laughs> everything, you know, <laughs> unprecedented? I mean, that's the thing. But how do you see that this beginning to shape where you're going forward and what changes have you made to make?
0: That is a that is a great question. Um yes, the, the short answer to your question is yes. It has changed. It has um it has made us focus on a more holistic engagement uh with, with our young people. It's interesting. We're a performance group and, and that's that's important. But I, I don't know if, if, if um I don't know how many people that are listening have ever performed before, but it takes a certain thing to do that, to get up in front of an audience and to share something, you're in the spotlight. But when you aren't necessarily well holistically, right, for a million reasons, there's a lot of trauma that's happened um, of the pandemic, but even outside of the pandemic in our personal lives and their personal lives that has to be focused on. And so that's something that moving forward, we are wanting to do a deeper dive into.
2: So critical. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Jill Dyson and Ruth Abigail Smith there, the President and co-founder and executive director of Angel Street of Memphis, Angel Street Memphis. Now, if you want to know more about it, just simply go to AngelStreetMemphis.com or you can make a telephone call to 901-857-3533. This touches your heart. If you happen to be one of those people saying, you know what? I need a ministry that I can pour my heart into. This is a ministry that absolutely is making a difference. Jill, even though we look at 2020, 2021, I mean, we've never I have somebody gave me a little uh, car deal with a, it says 2020, and it's in going into a trash can. 2021 is not a bad idea. It's good to get it over, but literally, it's been difficult. But where are some of the triumphs? I mean, some of these exciting things that happened that you would like to tell us about?
4: I think it's important to show girls that. There are times that that are difficult to maneuver through, that are challenging, um, but that you keep moving forward, um, and then you keep your focus um, on. On what is above and not below um, those are just biblical principles that we hope to invest um, because it's something that we all strive to live by as well and so I think just continuing to, to meet continuing to get together even when tragedies happen even when um, it's difficult continuing to to move forward and persevere I think is an important message for all of us
2: I think the word persevere in tragedies and James tells us in all trials and tribulations mm. you know count it as joy that's I mean I read that and I go uh, Lord, are you really saying that to me? Count it as joy, but he says no. It's about perseverance. It's about showing us what we're made of. And you've been, you've just had a tragedy, Ruth Abigail. Yes. There's been one. When I say a tragedy. A crisis right talk about that because I think our people need to hear about it
0: yeah so um, we we live in a neighborhood um, as many are in the city that is uh, that's impacted by gun violence and so we we had an instance during rehearsal uh, a couple weeks ago that where that was the case there was a a gun violence happening right outside and we had to respond to it Um, and we did and we we did the best we could Uh, but out of that comes these moments uh, where we have the opportunity to lean into some things that we don't necessarily have the opportunity to do before. So that is, that's an incredible, uh, important thing. Like Joe was saying, we want to be able to um, impact and pour into our young women in order to build them up so that perseverance is possible. Uh,
2: I, you know, when you say that, build them up, I mean, I know you are talking to young women sometimes about just being a girl. A woman, yeah, mm-hmm. that is something maybe they're not hearing at home. Mm-hmm. That is so critical, and yet this idea of teaching them that they're fearfully and wonderfully made—it's Christ-centered. You're really just—you're having an impact, and you've. Mo- I've watched you guys sing, and I can tell you, I can look at the girls and say you're having an impact. There's no doubt about it. How can people get involved?
4: Well, like you said, follow us on um, either Facebook uh, Instagram or our personal website, Angel Street Memphis, um, all the contact information to reach out, to book us, uh, to get involved, volunteer opportunities that Ruth Abigail can speak into, um, just really reaching out. Just doing and all the starting things the connection.
0: That you can do. That's right, and um, we we always love for people to come and see what we do. So please reach out. We'd love for you to visit, Um, particularly in the coming of the new year. We'd love for you. We'd love to see you come out to our performances.
2: All right. Speaking of the new year, Uh, what's happening in twenty twenty two?
0: Yes. So um, in twenty twenty two, we are we we will be will be out. We'll be performing. We'll be uh, doing a couple of new things that we're excited about. Um, What one of them is a uh, what we call in a Black History tour, and so we're going to get a chance to uh, dive into that. some do some interesting things there around the city. Perform, we would love people to come out to that. We're going to have a spring concert, and we're just we're really excited about what's happening.
2: So, when you say a spring concert, is yeah. this where people can just gather around you guys? Where is that going to be? Do you?
0: That's you know what to be announced. To we be will announced. We will let you know. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> we will <laughs> definitely be, be posting uh, all about uh, it. You, so we a will good know way to find it. out is just to follow us. You know, us. the
2: key is that this is a ministry, and I just need everybody listening to know that if you want to have a real critical part this is a ministry that's having an impact with young ladies that are not getting that and i want to make sure that is important thank you guys for thank being here so thank you so much again for having us. you know the telephone number for these guys is 5 excuse me 8573533 it is angelstreetmemphis.com reach out to them And thank you guys again for being here. I want to thank Scott for being here. If you'd like to talk to Scott, 757-5757. That's 901-757-5757. You can find our show, Talk Money, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Simply search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Subscribe and leave us a review. I want to mention that PDF I talked about, Seven Principles of Long-Term Investing. Go to the Shoemaker Financial Facebook page and search for the document on our post. It's free. Next week, it's our annual, annual Christmas show. You don't want to miss it. That's, again, Wednesdays and Saturday mornings right here on KWAM, the Mighty 990. If you have questions, send them to Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most.
1: ...representatives of
2: Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a
1: registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.